This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Sorry I interrupted you guys in the worship. I was getting amped up there for a minute. That was a good bridge. That's what I want, man. That's what I want when I come to church. I want to hear God speak to me. I want to I want him to change me, and so I got a little excited there. Hey, everybody. Uh, If you're new here, my name is Joel Libermento. I'm one of the pastors here at the River Church. I'm excited to be with you this morning. Pastor Mike, our senior pastor, isn't here. He actually uh, got a phone call from a church that he used to youth pastor in Kosciuszko, Mississippi. They asked him to come and preach, and uh, so he got, he's in Mississippi right now. Kosciuszko, if you're not familiar, that's where Oprah's from, little fact there. Um, but he's there, and he's preaching this morning. And so, uh, you know, we're praying for him, safe travels, that God's blessing him right now as he's bringing the word. Uh, I've got uh, I've got a word this morning. I really feel like it, it's spoken to me this week. I really feel like it's going to speak to us this morning. And so what I want to do is I want to get right into the scripture, and then we'll get started. All right? So uh, this morning, I'm going to be reading from Genesis, the beginning. Genesis uh, 3. Chapter 3, 1 through 12. And it goes like this. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said you must not eat of it or touch it or you will die. No, no, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, husband, who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Then he asked, Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And then the man replied, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate. Excuses. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for today. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this church. I thank you for this family. God, I just feel so blessed to be able to come into your presence and worship you with my friends and family here. And I just pray, Lord, as your presence just kind of sits in this room and is ministering to us in this place and speaking to us, that, God, you use this message uh, to speak to the hearts, to speak to our hearts, God. And, Lord, uh, we just ask, God, that you bless us and that you be with us. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, so if you're just joining this sermon series, it's called You Asked For It, all right? And we're going to be doing a sermon today called How to Build a Healthy Family. Someone wrote on a card and said they wanted to hear about the topic of a healthy family, of healthy families. 
I love this series because we kind of flip the script and say, hey, instead of just coming up here and preaching, why don't we ask the congregation, hey, what do you want to hear about? And one of you, I don't know who it was, asked, hey, let's hear about healthy families. I want to preface this by saying I'm not sure that I am uh, the authority on healthy families. All right. I do have a family. Um, but I, I'm excited to kind of dive into the word and just see what God has for us to, for us today. All right. Um, so thinking about this, uh, it's funny because thinking about healthy families, you can be the most successful person in the world. You can work long hours after hours. You can work. You can be the most successful person. You can have everything in the world, the most dopest cars, the most incredible possessions. You could be the most physically fit, the most beautiful person. And the truth is you could have all of this stuff, but if you don't have a healthy family or a healthy home to go home to, you're not going to find joy in this life. Can I get an amen? Amen. You're not going to find joy and love and, and happiness in this life. And that's a fact. I mean, I've talked to people who have a lot of money and and work long hours. We all know those workaholics who they're super successful at work and they work these long hours because they don't want to go home, right? Because their home lives are rough. They don't like it. It just goes to show you can have everything in the world be successful yet if you don't have a healthy family to go home to, a place to rest up here, uh, you're not going to find joy and, and peace in this life. Uh, I went on a trip uh, two weeks ago. I went to Boston, Massachusetts, uh, and it was awesome. Great trip. Uh, got to see kind of where America started. That was pretty cool. Uh, and it's a really cool city if you've never been. It's like a tiny New York. And so I went to Boston, and on my way back, we landed in DFW. Me and my buddy, uh, David Livingstone, who he's probably watching on Facebook Live right now. What up, bro? Uh, we actually we got back, and we got the um, uh, remote parking shuttle. So we go downstairs, uh, and we're waiting for the shuttle. And if you know this area, there's like uh, like an uh, not an overhang. It's where all the parking is up above you, so you're like below deck, right? This big concrete area, and I looked up, and they put these little spikes. You know where the pigeons, to keep the pigeons away? Do you guys know? Nod your head if you know what I'm talking about, and I'm not crazy. Okay. So they have these little spikes where the pigeons, like, they want to keep the pigeons away. Right in the middle of two of these spikes, there was a nest built. I was like, yeah, stick it to the man, you know. There was a nest built, <clears throat> and uh, I looked up at this nest. You guys are going to think I'm crazy, but God spoke to me, and I was looking at this nest. If I'm a bird, if I'm a bird and I'm flying around, I have predators all around me, right? They're, they're everywhere. They're trying to get me. And I know that if I could just get to my nest, I'm a, that's a safe place. They're not going to be able to harm me. If I could just get to my nest, I'm safe in my nest. And a nest has to be built. A nest has to be built. All right, some of you are going, you kind of see where I'm going with this. You don't know my family situation. You don't know the people I have to live with. You don't know what's going on at home. Maybe well, maybe you don't know that a nest has to be built, and a nest is built with broken branches. A nest is built with broken branches. And if a nest can be built with broken branches, a healthy home and a healthy family can build, be built with broken people. Amen. But the thing is, the thing is, is we don't we don't uh, we don't really want to build. We don't want to build a lot. It takes work. To have a healthy family takes work. 
And some of us don't like to work. I'm just going to be real. That's why some, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to build a healthy marriage. I want this person. I want his wife. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't, I don't want to work hard. I, I just want to keep yelling at my kids. I don't want to get on their level and, and build my children up. You see what I'm saying? Like a healthy family has to be built. It has to be built. And you can't build a healthy family if you can't work with broken branches. All right? And that's just facts. All right? And I don't know about you. Like a broken husband, a broken wife, broken kids, broken friends, broken parents. All right? You can't build a healthy home if you're not, if you can't work with broken. Listen, guys, I'm thinking about, just look around for a minute. Look at everybody in this room. Just beautiful people. Look around. You guys aren't looking around. I just see y'all like staring at me. I'm like, look around. You're like, look up. Look around. These people were, y'all got up this morning. You put on your nice church clothes. You guys smell great. Some of y'all smell like hibiscus. You guys are looking, just looking great and everything. You're broken. All right. You're broken. Okay. It didn't take, you might look great, but you're broken. Okay. Everybody's broken. And that's what, that's the beautiful thing about the gospel, about the gospel of Jesus is that the whole, I mean, if you look at the whole Bible, the whole Bible is about God's dysfunctional family. Have you noticed that? I mean, the whole book, I'm not saying God's dysfunctional. I'm saying, have you read the Bible? I mean, it, there's a lot of dysfunction. Okay. It's crazy. Like, let, think about it. You remember the story of Joseph? The Joker got sold into slavery by his brothers. They lied to his dad. That's some dysfunction in the family. Some, I'm just saying, you're sitting in here and you think, man, my family's dysfunctional. That's a dysfunctional family. All right. Zacchaeus, the tax collector, he left, he abandoned his whole family to go steal money from his whole community. That's dysfunctional. That's dysfunctional. All right. And this is, I'm not necessarily saying this is super dysfunctional, but some of y'all are really hard on yourself as parents. Mary and Joseph, they take 12 year old Jesus to Jerusalem. And what happens? He gets lost. He got lost. They actually went with the whole caravan back to their hometown and they were like, where's Jesus? That was like a day away. They had to go all, Jesus was missing for three days. I'm just saying, if the most iconic family in the Bible, uh, has days where things are tough and there's a little bit of dysfunction, you're doing okay. All right. You're doing okay. You're going to make it. And the Bible has a lot of stories of dysfunctional family. That's why I read this passage of scripture. This is the first family. Adam and Eve is the first family. All right. And so I just feel like it's fitting that if we're going to talk about healthy families and kind of, and look at dysfunctional families, we look at the first, the first family. All right. The first couple. And I think there are some key things that we can take away from not only this story, but the scriptures. And I'm not going to be long today because out of all the preachers that preach at the river, I'm considered to be the longest winded preacher. All right. Some of the some of the children's ministry are like, we know when you preach, we got to come up with more games because we got to keep this thing going. I'm like, I'm so sorry. So I'm going to be short today. I promise. OK. All right. So that so let's talk about our first point. All right. First point. Key things that we can pull from biblical references, uh, including the first dysfunctional family that can help us build a healthy family. We're building a healthy family here. And the first one is this, prioritizing God's influence in your family. Prioritizing God's influence in your family. All right? Look at Adam and Eve. God creates them. 
They're a couple, all right? They're actually a married couple. How do we know that? They actually reference each other as husband and wife, okay? It's the design. And so they're there, right? And then he says, don't eat of this, this one, okay? And then this other influence shows up. There's this serpent in the garden. And he's like, what does he say? He says this. He's like, he's like, uh, you can't eat, uh, wait, did God say you really can't eat from any tree in the garden? So now, introduced into this family is another voice of influence. Another voice that's trying to convince them that the voice of God is not really, not, he didn't really say that. He even says, no, you're not, you're not going to die. Gee, God knows, right? You don't have to be a married couple to get this. All right, prioritizing other voices other causes, other influence in your family, you're going to pay the price if you do this. I remember an old saint saying this, if you don't raise your kids, somebody will. When you take inventory of your family and the influences that are coming into your family, all right, you've got to be looking for the influences that are not of God. And you have to be aware of that. I don't, I don't mean just in your kids' lives or your friends' lives or your parents' lives. I'm talking about your life even. All right? So what are ways you can build a healthy influence in your family? And you guys are going to think I got paid to do this. I didn't get paid to say this. Take them to church. Take them to church. Okay? Take your family to church. The reason I say that is I learned this from experience. All right? I was a drug baby. My parents drug me to church. It's kind of funny. It's such an old preacher joke. Ooh, that was an old preacher joke. They took me to church every Sunday. I grew up in a home that prioritized church. We were at church every Sunday early. And we would show up, and I'm a kid just running around, playing. And we were there. And here's what happened to me. Every Sunday, I'm in the presence of the, of God. And then I'm also in the presence of men and women of faith who were, very, who were strong men and women of faith. I'm talking passionate about their faith. I got to hear preaching like this every Sunday that impacted me and influenced me. I'm looking around at, at my church and I'm going, these men and women of God are incredible people. And then I go to school and I'm like, I don't see nobody like that. I'm at Kroger and I'm like, I don't see people like that. And something changed in me. That influence had a lasting impact in my life. And I went, I want to be like that person. I want to be like that person. And in my mind, uh, coming to church is it's so much more than just, just coming in here on a Sunday singing some songs, hearing a sermon, and leaving. It's about putting your family in a place where they can be influenced by God. And that's why, that's why, it's, that's why this is important. We, I, don't, I don't do this because I have to. I don't do this because I'm going to earn God's love. I come in here because I know that my wife and Manny is gonna, are going to be influenced by you. And I trust the church. I trust God. I trust when, he, when my son, little Manny Fresh, that's his name, when he comes in here and he sees people working hard in the lobby to set up the church experience here, you know, I want him to see people sweating, loving God, serving. When he, he gets to come in here and hear his uncle Mike preach, I'm excited to let him hear the gospel being preached. I'm praying that God will use you to influence my family. And that's part of the reason we come to the river. Prioritize God's influence uh, in your family. All right, my parents, they built that into the DNA of our family, God's influence in our life. Another way is to help your family prioritize the voice of God, the voice of God. I'm like somebody who's like, I get really swayed emotionally by music, 
All right, music has a big influence in my life, okay? If I listen to heavy metal, equals road rage. If I listen to hip-hop, my favorite hip-hop song equals I'm swagging in a Kroger. Like, what's up, you know? I just have, I just am easily influenced by music. So I have to be careful. Same with film, movies and stuff. I mean, from when I was little, you can ask my parents. My parents are here today. What up? Uh, when I was little, I after watching a movie, like let's just say I watched Captain America. I'm Captain America. I'm Captain America now, you know. And, I, and then Katie or my sister, you know, no, 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 we're fighting. No, I'm Captain America. Heavily influenced by film. You probably are too. So it's, we have to be careful by what we let and influence us. Me and Katie, my wife, we talk about this. Neither her and I really like scary movies a lot. We're not big on that. And part of it is kind of a spiritual way that we're trying to manage the influences that come into our family. All right. And one, and one of the things that we've said is I don't really want to uh, have a spirit of fear influence my family and influence Manny even. And again, what here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that scary movies are wrong. All right. If you watched one last night, you're not going to hell. All right. Uh, I'm not saying that scary movies are wrong. I'm not saying that you should shelter your family from the world. I'm not saying that either. I'm definitely not saying that you ought to be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. But what I am saying is that you have to uh, you have to teach your family. I don't I don't care if it's your husband, wife, family, parents, children to hear the voice of God so that when they are encountered with a situation and other voice and other influence in their life that isn't of God, they can quickly identify, hear the voice of God and go, that's not right or that's 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 not right. And I'm and allow that to influence their actions. I want Manny, when Manny, when somebody comes up to Manny and hands him a joint and says, yo, hey, hey, let, hit this, I want him to be able to go, hear God's voice and go, you know what? I don't know if this is a good decision for me. I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'm not, I don't want to teach him to be like aggressive, like, you're going to hell. That's not what I'm saying. I want him to be able to to identify situations and hear voices and go. That's not what I need to do. That's not where I need to go, and that's what I. That's how I'm trying to influence my family. I feel like that's what we need to do. What I'm saying is we need to teach our family to hear the voice of God and know how to identify His voice and respond to it. Amen. Amen. The way you do that is a whole other sermon. All right, we'll have to talk about that later. Uh. So prioritize the voice of God. Again, I have a lot of childhood stories, but this healthy family, I feel like I grew up in a family that influenced me very. My parents are incredible. And one of the ways my mom was kind of the voice of God for me when I was in elementary school, I came home and I said a cuss word. Yeah, I said a cuss word. It was bad. My mom said, hey, we don't say that because when you say that, you can actually hurt somebody. When you use that word, I was like, I'm so glad she talked to me. Like, we don't say that. So I asked her, I said, well, what are the other words? So I don't have to, so I know not to say them. Yo, we laugh about this, but God used her. God's voice cut through the noise for me. I'm at school being influenced by all these other influences, right? And I came home and God used her voice to cut through to give me the truth. And yeah, she said the B word, the F word. She went down. She told me every cuss word in the book. I'm like in fourth grade or something. I didn't know. So I'm just like, all right, 
Now I know not to use those words because they're going to hurt somebody. And to me, that's like a great illustration of what it looks like to influence somebody in your family, allow God to influence your family. And now that I've heard that truth, I can go to school. And when I hear people just going off, I'm going, I don't need to do that. I could hurt somebody, right? Amen. All right, let's go to the next thing, build a healthy family. The next thing, and this is the one that you're going to be like, it's a no-brainer. We all know this is communication. Communicate, all right? Can I get an amen? Healthy family, communicate. Actually, turn to your neighbor and say, communicate. Mm. Y'all said that so soft and scared, like, communicate. (laughs) Communication. Look at this. This is from the passage earlier. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man, and he said to him, Where are you? This is where a lot of scholars, if if you've been in the church for a long time, you've heard preachers say, And Adam walked with God in the cool of the evening. You don't have that in Scripture anywhere, but they get that idea from this passage. Because it, the scripture specifically points out that, that God was walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, as if this was a time known by Adam where him and God would communicate. All right? But something was different this time. Adam and Eve were hiding, Adam wasn't there. And so God calls out to him and he says, Where are you? God made that garden. He placed every plant in that garden. He created Adam. He knows Adam completely. Do you think God didn't know where Adam was? I think he knew where Adam was. I don't think God was saying, Adam, where are you? I can't see you. I think he's saying, Adam, where are you? What happened? Where did you go? In the communication between Adam, there was a communication breakdown. And he realized something was different in their relationship. So the first thing that the first thing in building a healthy family, you have to talk about communication. And if you're going to be a catalyst for change, if you're going to be that person who's going to build that nest, you're going to build that healthy family. The first thing that you have to be doing is you have to be communicating with God. You have to be communicating with God. You have to communicate with the designer, the architect. All right. God designed the family. Did you know that? He designed it. He designed marriage, the idea of marriage. He designed that when two, a man and a woman got together, they could procreate and have a child and that would be a family unit. He's the designer. He's the creator. It only makes sense that when we struggle, we have dysfunction in our family, that we ought not run away from God and just be ashamed. We need to turn to him. Why? Because he designed it. Amen. He created it. He's the architect. He's the one that designed family. And so you have to communicate with him. You have to talk to him. You have to communicate. You have to pray. You have to. When was the last time you prayed for your family? When was the last time you prayed for your wife? When was the last time you prayed for your husband, prayed for your parents, prayed for your kids? When was the last time that you cried out to God and said, God, I need you to guide me as as a leader in my family. When was the last time? You have to talk to God. Again, he's the architect. He's the designer. The second thing is you got to communicate with your family because they are a gift to you. 
they are a gift to you. Uh, this is a this is a tough one. Communication is a tough one for all of us, I think. You know, when was the last time you told your friends that that really are more like family how much they cared, how much you cared for them? Tell your friends, man, when you're with them, take a moment and just say, "I'm so glad you're in my life. You mean so much to me. God put you in my life." You guys are like, this dude is preaching the most plain, dumbest stuff. I'm just saying. Like, I know it sounds silly, but do we do it? We don't do it. We don't do it. Sometimes God speaks to us and is like, hey, you can use this moment to kind of just let your friends know that they mean a lot to you. And we just, all right, that's a good idea. Cricket, cricket. Husbands, tell your wives how beautiful they are. A lot. A lot. If you don't tell them how beautiful they are, someone will. Tell them they're beautiful a lot, all right? And tell them that they, that they are loved by God. This is the, hey, I'm not, I'm not getting on you. I'm not up here acting like I am the perfect husband. And I tell my wife, she is loved and she is beautiful every day. I'm going to be 100% honest. There have been times, even lately, where I was like, you know, you're beautiful. She's like, what do you want from me? What, what, what's, the, what's the catch? I'm like, there's no catch. Tell your wives that you love them, that they're beautiful. Talk to them. Talk to them. Have good conversations with them. Um, the next thing, wives, tell your husbands that you're proud of them and that you're proud to be their wife. Just do it. Just write it. Write that down and just tell them that, all right? As a husband, uh, I would be through the roof, all right? So your husband's going to freak out. He's going to be like, what? Like, this is amazing, especially if you haven't said that before. Communicate with them and tell them that you're proud to be their wife, that you're proud that they put in those hours. You're proud of them. You're proud to be a family with them. And that would mean so much to them. That would mean so much to them. The funny thing about this, like, let me just kind of talk about like married couples for a second. I know not everyone in here is married currently, but I just want to say this. Part of the reason that the enemy wants to break down couples so much, married couples, that's why you see so much dysfunction birthed out of broken marriages is because the the image of marriage is a, is a reflection of who God is, all right? The idea of reciprocated selfless love between a husband and a wife, that selfless love, is a picture of God himself. Not to get too theological, but in a triune God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, is a shared selfless love within the Trinity, and a marriage is what looks, is an image of that. So Satan knows uh, that a marriage, a healthy marriage, is probably the most uh, powerful evangelical tool in the world. The biggest picture of who God is and, and can be incredible in, in showing the love of Christ, if he can break that down, he knows that he can enter pain and brokenness into a whole generation, pain and brokenness into families. And so families are under attack. Married couples are under attack in the U.S. I just feel like in the world, I feel like that needs to be said. That needs to be open. You have to be aware of that and understand that. That's why I'm up here saying, build your family. Build your marriage. Don't go for the prefab. Build it. You see what I'm saying? Build your marriage. And it's so funny. I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm snapping off real quick. And it's so funny how couples, when they're engaged, they spend hours talking about the wedding. Oh man, let's go, let's go to Starbucks, let's sit down with our Pinterest boards and let's talk about how we're gonna set up the wedding. All right? Man, that's the most communication you've ever had in your life. And then when that's over, we don't we don't we don't talk about the marriage. 
man, what would it look like if engaged couples got together and they had a meeting about their wedding, but then they talked about what's it going to be like when we live together? All right, let's talk about that, okay? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about our marriage. What are some ways that we're going to allow God to influence us as a couple? How does God want to use us as a couple? I'm just saying, I, I feel like, I feel like if the enemy can, can divide you, he wants to, he will. So you have to communicate. You have to communicate. Man, tell your parents, if your parents are still here, life is short. Tell your parents how much they mean to you, how much they've impacted you, how much you love them and care for them. If you've got kids, get on their level and tell you how much they mean to you, how much uh, that you care for them. I got this thing that I do with Manny when I come home from work, and I look at him, and I tell him, I say, I got too many what? He goes, kisses, and I kiss him all over his face. So he's like, stop, 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 stop. I'm trying to like, I want him to know that he is so special to me, that I love him, that he is a gift uh, to me. And I want him, I want him to know that he's loved. I talked to a friend of mine who was sharing to me her story uh, of, of faith. And she talked about the moment that she ran from God. And that moment happened when she was in high school and she came down in her prom dress. And she was so excited. She felt like she was so beautiful and she was excited to show her dad. And she came down the stairs into the living room and her dad was sitting in a chair on his phone and he looked at her once and he looked back at his phone. Didn't say a word. And she said, that was the moment that I was like, you know what, if, he, if I'm not going to get love from my dad, I'm going to look for love everywhere else. And, that's, and luckily God brought her back and, uh, and, and she's saved now. She's living for God. But I'm just saying, what, how you communicate with your kids... Uh, matters. So talk to your children. Communicate uh, with your kids. The next thing, I, I like this too, tell stories. I grew up in a home that told stories of God's goodness. Tell stories. When you're sitting around at lunch today, talk, talk about it. Talk about what God's done in your life. Talk about what happened when you, get, when you came to Christ. Talk about them stories that grandma and grandpa told about life and, and just share those moments with each other. Communicate. Communicate. We live in a world that's very quiet. We're on our devices. We're all over the place. Communicate. The next thing. So the first thing is prioritize God's voice in your family. Communicate, right? And the next thing here, uh, communicate with God. Communicate with your family. Listen to your family. Listen to your family. Check out this verse in James 119. My dearly loved brothers, understand this. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I am the world's worst listener. Like a lot of times I'm listening to you, but I'm actually thinking about what I'm going to say next. Anybody? Anybody? No? Oh, dang. Man, shame, shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, man, but listening is key. Listening is key. Just because you have ears doesn't mean you use them. Right? I think that's why scripture, Jesus even said, he who has ears, let him hear. It's not like he's saying like, I know you got ears, but it doesn't mean you're listening. He who has ears, let him hear. It's easy to talk to your family. It's harder to listen. And I heard this quote, if you don't listen to them now, your family, they won't talk to you later. If you don't listen to them now, they're not going to talk to you later. And I heard it in the context of kids, but I even think that 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 goes with your spouse even or your friends or your family, your parents. If you don't, if you don't listen to them, they're not going to talk to you later. 
uh, I heard a, another story of a dad who was on the phone a lot, and uh, he had just this moment of realization about listening. Um, his kid was talking to him, repeating himself over and over and over again, and finally son got in his dad's lap and grabbed his face and said, listen to me with your eyes. And that's good. Listen to me with your eyes. Pay attention. Listen to your family. Listen to your family. And here's the last thing, and I'm going to be done today. When you're building a healthy family, if you've done all you can, turn to the family of God. Turn to the family of God. Some of us have uh, dysfunctional families, all right? You've got a nest full of broken people, right? And it's just not coming together, all right? That's real, okay? I've, I know this. Like, if there are people in your family, you're trying to work hard to try to build this nest and it's not coming together. I was thinking about my, that story of the girl, um, my friend who was wearing her prom dress, right? One of the biggest things that she talked about was she just felt like she didn't have a father. Like, like dysfunctional family, I didn't have a father figure. And the scripture says that God is father to the fatherless. I have another friend who his dad was absent, completely absent in his life. And he grew up without a dad. Didn't even know his dad till way later in life. Reached out to him on Facebook. And he said, I had to come to this point where I wasn't angry anymore. And I had to realize that God was my father. That he was my father. And that he would speak to me. And that he would guide me. And that he would tell me how much he loved me. And some of us in here, we, we have a very dysfunctional family. And again, you've been trying to be a catalyst for change. You're trying to love them. You're trying to do the right thing. You've been communicating with them. You've been trying to prioritize the voice of God in your family. You've been doing all these things to try to build a healthy family. It's just not coming together. And God created this. God created the family of God. He created the church to be your family. Amen? Some, for some of us, the people that we meet together, we meet and we see here, at church sometimes are closer to us than our actual family. And that's sad, but that's the reality of the situation. God has placed people in your life to be a family for you. And that's part of the reason I love the river. All right, I've got, I, my parents live close and Katie and Mike are my family, but other than that, I got no other relatives near me uh, and the river has become my family. You guys are the ones checking up on me. You guys are the ones that uh, that are my family. And I feel like if you're someone in here who's got a very dysfunctional family situation, God has conveniently placed in your life a family that will love you, that will care for you, that will speak words of truth to you. And He Himself is a father, is a parent who loves you, who wants to guide you. God wants you to have a place, a family to go home to, where you can rest your mind, that you can feel valued and loved. So I hope today, I hope this message has challenged you, challenged you. We're going to have a time of prayer here in a minute, and we're also going to have a time of, uh, of communion. I really want you to do this during the prayer time. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to conversate with God. I want you to talk to Him. Maybe there was something that I said this morning that triggered a thought of something that God's saying, yeah, you ought to do that. You ought to tell your wife how much she means to you. You ought to start building a healthy family. You ought to take inventory of the influences that you're allowing into your home and into your family. Maybe it's time to start teaching your children how to hear the voice of God so that when they're not with you, they, they'll make good decisions. 
I don't know what it is that God's speaking to you today about in regards to your family, but we're going to take this time to pray. And if you want to have communion, don't feel like you have to, but if you want to have communion, we're going to have that up here for you. Let's pray right now. God, we just thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you teach us. God, I thank you that your scripture teaches us. God, I'm thankful that we as humans, when we look at the word of God, and we look at the story of Jesus, that it appears to be brokenness. You were born in a manger. It looks as if it's broken. You rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, which looks to be broken. You were executed on a cross, which appears to be broken, but God, you did all of this so that you might redeem us. God, I just pray, Lord, that someone who's going through a situation with their family right now that feels dysfunctional and it is weighing heavy on them, God, that you will step in and give them freedom. God, that you will motivate them to be a catalyst for change in their family. And God, if they've done everything they have, they can to try to help their family, that God, that they would be overwhelmed by your presence and know that they can turn to your church and they can turn to you in their moments of frustration and weakness. God, I just pray that during this prayer time, following this prayer, God, I pray that you will speak to us, that you will guide us, that you will help us. We need you this morning. In Christ's name, amen. We're going to take this time. You keep praying. Talk to God about this topic. Talk about how you can be that catalyst. Um, The band's going to play for a little bit. If you want to come have communion, you can. But let's just use this time to pray. Let's pray.